Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hey Marketing Rebels, it's Fab here, your Marketing BFF and head teacher at All Marketing School, a modern school teaching you how to market to hearts. And together each week we'll share the freshest news, tactics and insights you simply can't miss at least until the holidays, where we're going to take a well-deserved break. And today I'm joined by the one and only Becca Holloway and our report. <laughs> hello, hello, Becca, and hello to the report that is here with us today. How are we feeling about looking at reports for 2024? I'm, I'm quite excited. I feel like there's a lot that's changed in the last year. And me and you will talk about it. We've got our thoughts. It's nice to know what the the general vibe is. And if we're we're always right. We have the prediction hats and nobody can take them away from us. Um, you know what's funny though that you mentioned? Um I am equally as excited about like trends and reports. However, last week with Jess Bruno, so you can catch out on Roundup 38. By the way, I do apologize if I get the numbers wrong sometimes. I still am trying to catch up with which one is coming out and which one is out. But last week with Jess, we were talking about the double-edged sword of things like predictions. And um, what I like about a report is that usually it does have, if it's a good report, and Ootsuite is what we're going to look at today, social trends. And usually they have obviously good data and it's not just a mishmash of these are the things that people are saying. What are you going to do with it? We don't know. But I find that there's always a double-edged sword with predictions in the way that it can, you know, it can either put a lot of pressure on you or sometimes it can be something that then it's hard for you to action because there's so many things that are said that you should be doing, so many new shiny objects, so many new things to think about. I find that, and then I mentioned this last week, and I want to hear your opinion because I, I was talking to Jess about it as well. Rarely the reports say, marketers do less you're fucking tired. Rarely they say that. They usually say, oh, there's this new shiny thing you should look at, or there's this new way of doing things, or there's this new format. So that's one of my things about it. I love them, but I also find that sometimes 
unless you have the energy, the time or the acumen, I guess, big words today, to think about how can I take this for myself and only take what really matters, we get very excited and we forget that we might add too much to our plate. Thoughts on that? I agree. It's really, it can be a lot, especially the time of year that reports come out, typically the end, when we are all feeling pretty pretty tired and exhausted and have felt the effects of either new channels coming about or adding new features or removing features. It's like, what next? So, yeah, when it's like, oh, and don't forget, there's another thing to do. It can be a lot. Um, I was, there was one thing that I saw in this report, which I rather uh, liked. Um, which was about um, how the most strategic brands are committing to their champion platforms. This got me really excited because exactly as we just said, instead of being like, hey, you have to make sure you're everywhere and look at all these shiny things, it was like, hey, maybe everything isn't so shiny. And maybe if your brand has already got like, let's, let's use, what's a good example? Let's say you've got a brand and they're strong on LinkedIn and they're strong on Instagram, keep them. And maybe don't worry about, let's use our least favorite X. Don't worry about that. You know, like who, who, who cares? Your audience doesn't care. So why should you as a brand feel like you have to care? That's the, stood out. What? That stuck out to me. That's still not the right phrase. Stood out. Wow. See, this is why us marketers get tired and <laughs> think for reports like this. But yeah, I, that just really, I was like, oh my God, this is so refreshing because mm. then on social channels now and it can feel a bit like, oh, do I need to come up with a strategy for all of them? No, no, no. Not if you want to be strategic. <laughs> I actually love that. And I think one of the things that was interesting within that, and that's part of why I asked you the question as well uh, about obviously streamlining is because they actually looked at the methodology for this report just to explain to any new marketers or anybody who's just like, give me the stats, give me the deets. I don't know how this works. Let me tell you how it works because we're a school after all. So I'm going to teach you something. So the methodology can be different. So sometimes you just take uh, input from people you asked and interviewed, surveyed. Sometimes you look at articles, sometimes you look at data, sometimes you do both. Hootsuite is pretty good at that. Kudos to Hootsuite, not sponsored. Hi Hootsuite. However, hi Hootsuite. <laughs> um, they actually took articles they took the surveys they took the data as well and secondary research from a huge amount of things including even uh, LinkedIn and the global web index and it does matter in the way that as uh, somebody who is trying to do a report ourselves every year about positive impact marketing so we're looking at the positive impact of marketing let me tell you kids it's hard it's hard to do a really good survey so when something like this comes out and they say one of the three main things is the platforms are actually becoming more streamlined because companies are looking at what gets results. That is a really good thing because it's not just the surveys, but it's also the overall trends, the overall data that supports it, and even articles and research that is beyond <clears throat> what specifically Uswe has done. And I kind of feel like, as we both said already in this in this at this beginning of this chat, we needed permission a bit as marketers to be. I don't need to know how Snapchat works to be effective unless I want to work with. And that's another thing. I think if you're looking at it from a marketer that works in an agency or that works with clients, if you don't like Snapchat, 
then maybe if you know that a brand would actually really benefit from Snapchat, let's say you have a minimal understanding of it, but it's not your strength, then maybe it's something that you're not going to dive deep into. Obviously, if you work internally for a brand, that might be different. You might have to be like, okay, we kind of need to be on Snapchat, suck it up, learn how it works. But I think there's a bit of strength in there as well, where if you really love TikTok and you want to, you know, specialize in that and you want to support clients and, you know, within an agency setting, TikTok as a social platform because they want to work in social, I think social media managers maybe, again, prediction out on is happening. I'm adding to who's sweet. Maybe social media manager, freelancers, agencies will start to refine even more what being a social media agency or marketer means. Maybe it is understanding all the platforms. Maybe it is using all the platforms. Maybe you actually specialize more on Instagram or TikTok or LinkedIn or a combination of all. Or you say which platforms you actually don't want to partake in. And that, I think, also helps you refining your own focus on how you show up, where you show up, but also the kind of clients that you bring in. And I'm going to refer back to you now because you are actually part of an agency. And I think that can be an interesting and maybe even challenging thing to do to actually be we don't necessarily focus on this platform. But could there be some strength in that? You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think. Whenever I look at a new client, we have to evaluate, obviously, what channels they're already using. And sometimes there can be a bit of a uh, hurdle, I suppose, because you've got to make sure that what you're recommending suits their audience, help, will help align with their goals. And sometimes you might get somebody within the business um, who isn't a marketer first. They have a different role. They might be quite influential, like they might be in the leadership team for example and sometimes you really have to get the balance right between sort of proving to them and getting their buy-in like this is how our strategy is going to go and this is what channels we recommend because xyz sometimes though you will get somebody like that going well why shouldn't we be on twitter let's say why shouldn't we be on x because i heard blah 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 you know and they might their knowledge might be either outdated or like we're going through a report in it right now. I wouldn't have expected somebody like that to have read through a report. It's not their job. It's our job to sort of educate them on that. But it can be it can be difficult. I think as well when we're talking about like what channels and um, where where to dedicate your time. I always think it's my job as well as a marketer, particularly when I'm working with clients who do have different levels of like knowledge and understanding, is. I want to set them up for success for a long time. So let's pretend I had a new client tomorrow who came on board. I would be really honest with them and say, look, even if you've got a, a current posting schedule or strategy on X right now, the longevity of that platform is very uncertain. The audiences are getting smaller. It's not great if you're thinking about running paid ads on there. So if you want to... Like if you're desperately trying to cling on to it, you know, I can't obviously literally stop you. Um, but I would be like, I think your time is much better spent on, let's say, LinkedIn or Instagram or maybe even threads, which is kind of up and coming. Um, and I think we will see a bit of an increase. I think businesses are still quite unsure about it, but I reckon next year we'll see it balance out a bit. Um and yeah, and some it wouldn't always X wouldn't always be the bad guy in that scenario. Mm -hmm. you know? It might be Facebook, it might be 
Snapchat. I mean, it could even be Instagram. Some businesses just don't have the, you know, like the images or the video to to run a successful, engaging Instagram account. So that's something you have to take into kind of account as well and be like, well, realistically, maybe a more text-driven platform might be better or even like audio. I mean, just noticed that Clubhouse isn't mentioned ever and maybe it never will be again. Sad. <laughs> We kind of didn't roast it multiple times, but yes. for Clubhouse, whenever we went on, if you go to the old, old episodes, the roasting was was wild. Yeah, so often. But yeah, we kind of met on, not met on Clubhouse, but we kind of decided to do the podcast together on Clubhouse, which is hilarious yeah. to think about it. But yeah, it was a thing for the time it was there. It was needed at that time, but sadly, that's one of the things. Some of the platforms then found a way to evolve and Clubhouse didn't. Gone, gone. But yeah, like just thinking about what, what, different brands have available to them and what's going to make them or set them up so yeah they have long-term success but it's also achievable long-term and then they because that's the other thing sometimes it'd either be like I said maybe somebody from the leadership team going well I think we should be on x because of xyz (laughs) um but it also might be a brand who are really excited and maybe uh in their personal life let's say use Instagram and TikTok a lot that'll immediately get my attention so I'm like oh my god you're one of us you spend all your time on that um but then when it comes down to it you know like I said they might not have the resources to create videos consistently in which case we have to have a serious like conversation about creating content and all that and like let's not run before we can walk so yeah that uh, that makes it sound a little bit doom and gloom but I think it's just being realistic and like I say with seeing that in the report being like actually the most strategic brands are just honing in on like their two or three strongest platforms makes me quite happy because I I just your audience doesn't want to hear from you on everything agreed they don't agreed and I think that's been one of the things is almost like if you have if you are a successful social media manager company sorry agency you will show up everywhere you will have big numbers everywhere I think it should become acceptable that maybe you're going to play on, let's say, again, Pinterest even, I don't know, because it's kind of potentially related to your clients and then maybe you just becomes a bit of a dormant account and I think we will put a lot of pressure on ourselves for that to happen and I'm kind of a bit more accepted. It Like, you know, you try it, that's actually your job is more about trying something and see if it fits you and then if it doesn't and you decide to let it go, that is okay. It's not a, it's not a sign that you're not, you know, a good social media agency manager if you decide to drop your ex or or even threads or whatever that might be. So I love that you mentioned that. I'm actually going to sway into the first topic of this report uh, because we went into the second bit, which I think is really interesting. We didn't jump straight onto AI, but we got to talk about it. And um, what I love about it, there's a lot of things that I want to talk about, two bits. Uh, first of all, which might be the more longer term conversation here which is around this section I've seen is scattered a bit as being the slight shift that I've seen also outside of this report when it comes to how we see generative AI again as a marketing school that talks about uh, marketing to hearts and authenticity for example we openly talk about automations a lot and within that there's an element of even generative AI within it and that's how for example we use mainly AI, especially as a team of one at this time. If you're hearing me, everything that you see from us comes from me, aside from Steph who um, updates 
and produces some of our episodes. The rest is all me. So as a team of one, I heavily rely on automations and things that can make my work faster. And what I've seen is that that has been a um, trend within the trends of being like, actually, um, AI has been used to re reduce the workload. Talking about 61% of organizations say the number of reason to use AI in social media is for that. So again, that's where we kind of get ourselves in. And that's uh, interesting because I'm open to talk about it because we've been sharing our student community about some of the things that I do and how I hook up one thing with the next and the other, how I use things to summarize, proofread, sometimes just change formatting. It takes five seconds instead of 17 other tools. That's a lot of the things that I do with that. Um, but what's been interested in, there is this conversation around now people being more transparent and open to talk about it instead of before being a bit sure whether they are completely pro or against AI. And I find it really interesting because this is a bit of a side note, as you remember, back and I met in real life. And in the B2B social day, they actually talked about, there was a, a couple of talks, but especially one about AI. And it was interesting with some people saying, I'm going to take a stance and not use it at all. I'm going to take a stance and use it a bit. You know, shall we use it? Shall we not use it? And I think in this report, there's a lot of that. Um, I'm going to start with this. And then what I'm going to say, just to kind of foreshadow another thing that I really want to talk about, is there's another bit that is kind of how the AI user will scale rocket in 2024 is a bit of a, um, is a graph. And I love some of the stats from that one. So I'm going to go back to that because it kind of shows you how we're using AI. <laughs> so I'll tell you a couple of ones that I really loved. But yeah, I want to hear your opinion on this because I've seen that throughout this section of the report, that's a lot of the conversation, how consumers see it, whether it's an enduring of trust or not, how people are open to talk about it or not. And I found that a lot more people are open to talk about it by showing a way to use it in a way that is supporting us, but also that is still of value for our audience instead of just kind of taking us out of the equation. And I want to hear your thoughts, bearing in mind that we also heard some talks together about the topic. I, I think it's a really interesting one. With AI, I, I'm glad that the sort of theme is that we want to talk about it and there is this ongoing conversation because I think ultimately that's how we're going to get the most out of it and almost gain the trust around when we are using it because I think there's always, and rightfully so, I think we should be critical of AI use because... There's an awful lot of content creators out there and I would hate, and I don't think it is possible, but I, I don't like the almost assumption. They're like, oh, well, we don't need writers anymore. We'll just ask AI to do it. Or even in, you know, um, news teams, for example, like, oh, well, we don't need to have journalists anymore. We'll just get AI. I don't like that train of thought at all. I think from a marketing perspective, it's like you said, really interesting to have these conversations about how it can basically speed things up for us and what I really liked and I noticed this when we were in person as well on that day and some of the kind of chatter going on around um, different experiences that people would have I liked knowing and sharing how different people are using it and I think that's a really positive thing that's coming out of this rise in AI is that as essentially collaboration like oh how are you using it i've used it for this and it's really helped me streamline this process i think that's the really positive side i think there's it's right to be skeptical of it and i still think there's a long way to go from a platform perspective and i i don't know enough about how they will like be able to achieve this but figuring out 
is this piece of content generated by AI? Do we need to put like a tag or a label on it of some kind to identify that to audiences? Again, I think there's a huge like trust conversation that needs to happen there. And I think as well, I mean, we've seen how much it's developed in the last year. So, I mean, I can only imagine this conversation in 12 months time, like will it so ingrained into us that we won't, not that we won't care, but I don't know. There's, some, there's something there that's like, what's going to happen? But I do think that um, using it as a, a, a little bit like what you said, it's almost like I've got a colleague next to me. You know, I can use it to sense check. I can use it to just double check for, you know, grammatical mistakes or summarize. You've mentioned summarizing, which I was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah, that's that's that that's a game changer for us because I, I I feed it the content. I want to say sorry, I didn't want to drop. I say one more thing that we also do that I mentioned. That I mentioned with Jess Bruno, she does it as well, similar I think. But I do it, and for my own captions and stuff like that, uh, or my own like like that those kind of bits of writing. Uh, and I want to do also more with the school because it's my tone of voice, so I might as well slightly different but similar. Uh, I dictate. I yeah. dictate and then I ask it to actually edit it for me because I wanted to have more break lines. I ask it maybe to add a couple of uppercase and then I go in and edit it myself. But that's the thing. I love dictating. I mean, as a writer, I know it's ironic, but I speak fast. I think fast. I write too fast and a lot of typos, but also I have a lot of ideas. So dictation for me is crucial. And so if you can dictate and then say, take this, literally use this, don't change it, you ask it. And then you just, um, you know, you then you do the formatting. And I think that also will help you then make even more yours. So that's a little tip for me. For example, it's about making it yours. I love that you mentioned that. I love that you said that as well, because I also love dictating. And sometimes I feel like it, it's slept on as, a, mm. as an option. Can I say one thing, by the way? I just want to give another kudos to Hootsuite. Sorry, because we were talking about this. I want to give kudos to Hootsuite because I always complain, <clears throat> always, then when we get a report, and that's really good for me as well, because I think we're going to use it for hours. So yeah, I'm saving from Wood Suite, but in a good way. They do recommendations. That's what I'm going to steal for hours because we kind of did it, but really didn't. The first ones were a bit more simple. You know, we are, we're refining things. And I love that they're giving recommendations for all of them, obviously, but especially for the AI piece. I think they're giving some really good ones. You already mentioned choosing what to do yourself and what we both mentioned and what to delegate. There's two more things that I want to mention from that. And I just wanted to kind of add them in there. Uh, the first one is knowing how your audience feels about AI. And I think some people might be scared to ask the question because then what if your audience starts thinking, oh my God, does it mean they're using it or not? But if you don't ask them, you know you want to use it, you don't ask them. You don't get the insights to know if they're interested in it or if they're skeptical about it, then how are you going to know how to use it for yourself and how to communicate that? So they mentioned that I think it's super important. Fun fact, I can tell you because we're always honest at the school. Our one and a half, AI-ish, automation AI, we've got two free events. They both have had 45% more signups than other free events. So I know that as marketers, which is our target audience, people want to know. So yeah. for us, it's really important to actually think about this is how they feel. They're skeptical, but they want to know They're happy to use it if they understand it. So that's a big win for me because it helps me understanding, can we use it in a way that makes sense to us that also kind of shows our audience they can trust it in that way. So... You have to think about how they use it as your audience feel. And the other bit that I like, there's a few recommendations, but the other one that I like is about creating a policy. Mm. Um, we talked about it in our accessibility panel. Becca was with Lewis for this, um, for our cohort, uh, when our certification happened. And we talked about, this is different, but I want to bring it as a comparison. 
you know, accessibility is not really checkboxes, but it can good, you know, if you're starting to make sure that your content is more accessible, to have some guidelines or something that is internal to you to make sure that you're doing all the right things. Uh, and I want to mention this because it does help our students having like a checklist they can use and they can add their own things they need to remember. Same for AI. I think it's actually really important to think about whether it's just yourself, your company, your own organization, your own agency, thinking about the scope of work, thinking about how you want to use it. I really, really like that as well. I think this was another really interesting recommendation. And um, the final thing I wanted to mention, and then I'm going to leave you the, the stage again. But I did mention, uh, obviously, that how the AI use will skyrocket in 2024. And there were two things that were really interesting to me. Yeah. First one is that the highest one is actually editing and refining text, which can work in various forms, like the one that I mentioned. Dictate, get it to edit it. And that was the highest one with an 80, 86% this year, with a with a small change of 28%. But the there's two that have changed massively the last yeah. year. One is uh, editing images, which is fine, not the end of the world, that one. Interesting, obviously not, not relevant for everybody, but it's interesting that one has got a huge change because I think it got better and more people are starting to use it. I have a lot of qualms about that one, to be honest, but that's one. Um, but when you think about it, it's less about generating, it's more about Photoshop, for example, and all these tools allowing you now to do a lot more, like fancier editing. Yeah. The other one that is interesting, one nine five a hundred and ninety five percent change in and i love this one i'll leave you the stage land producing customer support text from scratch so interesting as social media managers so interesting yeah and you know that's the one that i think i've noticed the most resistance to without ai mm. like when we're working on um like crisis uh strategies and stuff People look terrified. Even you just have to say the word crisis and they're like, oh my God, this is, I don't want to do it anymore. And I'm like, well, we have to plan just in case because these things happen and you need to know what to say on social. So I'm not surprised that that's had such an increase in the last year. And I think, do it. Like, it makes sense because like you say, sometimes, especially with that type of thing, you you know, you're speaking to customers. I mean, I've attached this crisis bit, but whether it's, just support like oh I can't find the link in my email or something I don't know something really minor like that or if it was a lot um sort of more severe you need to have some responses ready up your sleeve and sometimes it can be really hard to know where to start with those so just asking AI like what would you say and getting that as a bit of a benchmark so you can then adapt it to your specific customer journey and where they might be within that experience and what the outcome that you would like that to be as well but I, I think that's really good and I'm not surprised and I'm like I need to start using it for that purpose as well because I've slept on that idea but yeah that's that's very interesting really interesting and I'm gonna ask one final question cough cough what would be the other thing there's that one more thing in general so maybe we're gonna go away from the AI bit which is huge obviously uh, whether it's this, the platform trends, and then we have one final bit, which is about the ROI trend, which I was confused by until you read it. It makes a bit more sense. Is there anything else that jumped at you from the report? I think the ROI was a big one because I feel like that's something that comes up a lot in conversations. Again, 
as we touched on earlier, sometimes I think, um, particularly in my scenario, when clients feel they have a feeling that they should be on a platform, but sometimes when we try to prove the value of that and we don't get anywhere, it's like, well, okay, we need to have a conversation about perhaps not using that platform or, you know, putting your um, attention elsewhere. Um, and also like what's being posted. So there was one thing that came to mind. I actually can't find it now where it is. Might be in that section. or might be another bit, but um talking about self-promotion yeah and, right so and I think this is an interesting one and because I feel like traditionally it's taught because I don't know like I don't really know where this originally came from but years old advice is like make sure you're not doing too much self-promo and da, 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 da. great I believe that but I wonder what this means for actually like individuals on LinkedIn agreed because I feel like now there's a huge shift and I quite like it to be fair I like opening LinkedIn now because I feel like I see a lot of like my peers and stuff and I know what they're doing and it's great I know what they're working on well that oh is there gonna come a point where the the balance like goes the other way and people start to not enjoy that so much will engagement be negatively impacted I don't know but that was something that I thought oh, I want to keep an eye on that in the next year because if there is this, I mean, yeah, it has always been there about self-promo, but I would like maybe the kind of LinkedIn creator side of things is on some, on a line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, one more thing I want to say there, and thank you for, for bringing that up, is that it's been interesting because I obviously you read that. The big thing is make sure that you are not, promoting yourself like I think consumers don't want too much self-promotion on social and then we have people like Jessica and shout out to Jessica Bruna that will say to small business owners that's why I love to have so many different co-hosts here because and we're all about how can you talk about what you do as much as possible and I think this is where there's a slightly different in the B2B B2C creators solopreneurs but also there's something that we can learn from that which is one bit about this that is in this part of the report, 56% of consumers think that brands should be more relatable on social media. I think that's that. Because if you are, let's say, I'm going to use an example for everybody to understand, a coach. I don't know. Uh, I mean, a bit cringe sometimes in my opinion because there's a messaging that I love, but let's say you're a business coach, all right? Teaching other business coaches, I teach other people how to make more money. A bit cringe in some ways, but why people still consume the content, even if it's promotional? Because they're saying, this is where I was, this is where I am. Right. So, and I'm telling you that I can help you be there as well. So this is very basic, but this is a basic example of how this is actually relatable, but it's still promotional. And I think it's bridging the gap between finding relatable content and talking about what you do for brands that don't have that. I am, I am my own case study almost. I am the one that's going to show you how to do these things. Yeah. Or, and I think for some smaller businesses for smaller creators is easy to actually think about like like doing better audience research doing better understanding of what the audience wants and this is what our students love about our audience personas one of their favorite classes when we're doing the certification because it works and what is interesting is that i wonder whether some of the bigger brands some of the even startups that are more in the b2c world or whatever they do that enough they don't think about how does my product fit into the everyday life? How What's the job that my product is doing? Yeah. Some of us know it, but I think it can be really hard to talk to others and be like, the job of your product is not just to provide a house. 
life are actually selling houses. The yeah. jewelry product is to help me raise my family, is to X, Y, and Z. You know, it's kind of reframing that. And I wonder whether that is the big thing about this is actually a, a complete shift into how we see the strategy from that perspective, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exciting. I think like there's going to be this year, how do I sum this up? It feels like a lot of things have changed. Wow, that's such a broad statement. But you know, we've seen <laughs> X and Twitter just disappear and that's we we're marketers right we're used to changing things up frequently and that's been like an ongoing almost like inside joke for years and years like we just know that that's got to happen i feel like this year was on another level and i wonder what that's gonna result in because sometimes it would feel like in previous years you'd come to a report like this and it would feel like the the overall landscape would be quite slow moving i wonder in like 12 months time actually some of these recommendations which are like really good I'm like, oh, is that going to be, will that essentially get us through the next 12 months or will it get us mm-hmm. six and then something, I don't know what the thing is yet, but something else will change that makes us all go, oh, right, what can we do differently? Because I feel like AI only really, maybe like six months ago, it's become a part of people's workflows properly, maybe even more recently than that. So I think it's going to be interesting and Again, we're all going to have to put our little hats on and be like, right, we're ready to change. We're ready to throw everything out the window. <laughs> if we've learned something in the past three years, I think it's genuinely been that. And like, that's why I think for, I love that you mentioned that because usually we have, we've introduced our class in section where we give you a practical marketing idea to try out for yourself. And usually we do that. But for this week with this report, that wouldn't be part of my kind of almost parting class in session reminder or class in action, sorry, reminder. So when it comes to the one lesson that you can put into action, I think is actually getting this report for yourself. And honestly, and I say this because I know that our students are always like, Fab, can you just go for it for me and tell me what I need, which we're doing now. So you're welcome. But I would say still get it. This is, yes, a lecture in action for you. Get it and look at the recommendation pieces. If not anything else, we mentioned a lot of it, but you can always read it all. But look at the recommendations and choose one. I would definitely recommend from AI or the a platform trend. The ROI also has some good points. I would say the other ones are more actionable. And choose one thing that you would like to do based on these things. Because I think whether it is understanding how your audience feels about AI, doing an AI policy, or obviously we talk about also social media audits, talking about less platforms but better. Mm. Whatever it is, do one thing from this report because I think it will help you then set yourself up and then if in six months you have to ask yourself okay I've done these things how things have changed again but I think that's a great thing there's so many reports and as we say it's good for us to learn but then it's also hard to take action and one good thing about this report not sponsored by Hootsuite by the way is that um, it allows us and it gives us the power to actually do something with it yeah that can be really powerful now and it doesn't always happen sometimes as you say we get a lot of stuff and then we're like what am i going to do with this if in six months it has an expiry expiration date so i really really love that i really really love that bex i think she says i actually am pretty sure this is our last chat before we're back in january so happy happy almost holidays what what should people do if they want to celebrate the pre-holidays with you for this past for the last month of the year I was thinking about what should they do if they want to, you know, catch up with you. Like, 
you got a book to read, for example? I don't know. I'm just going to throw it out there. I do. I do. If you want a little, um, a little something to read on Christmas morning. <laughs> uh, homework on Christmas morning. Love it. Obsessed. Exactly. Get your highlighters out. Be making notes. Like none of this festive cheer. You just need to put on it. Um, yeah. Socialize is available. It's out. Um, you can grab it from Amazon. It's all about um, social media, obviously, but specifically looking at storytelling and how you can apply that to all parts of your user journey, unlock your content. It's great as well if you're working in more sort of corporate communications, which can be really difficult sometimes to get your teeth into and to figure out, right, how am I going to take something which at first might seem really dry and turn it into a piece of content which actual like human beings will enjoy the key to that is storytelling so go grab that otherwise please rest <laughs> if you're a marketer agreed What's that? just chill <laughs> agreed actually and while you're chilling especially as the festive times is going to approach and we're going to have again a final few episodes we're actually going to i think go for this roundup all the way until the 21st or 22nd of december and then we're going to take a chill so we're actually going to go up until the very end but then we're going to have a longer break. So I'm going to remind you now and then for the next couple of weeks, be kind to yourself, especially right now and others always. And remember, we talked about it today as well. Relationships matter. True marketing speaks to hearts, not just to mind. And until next time, class is dismissed.